Hello, you guys, and welcome back to another episode of Pageants and Prosecco. This one is going to be a longer episode because we get into some real, real, real deep pageant junk that we all kind of experience or go through. I sit down with one of my good pageant friends, Kier Monet Tolentino. She was former Miss Black California the same year I was Miss Black Illinois. And she competed in California, USA local pageants and been competing for quite a few years. So me and her just sit down and talk, girl talk about the pageant and what Miss Global 2016 first runner up CJ um, Hero is saying that we should do in the pageant world to make it just that much more better for our future contestants and our pageant sisters. So you guys tune in, seriously, get yourself a glass, fill it up a little bit more than you usually would, or just keep refilling it, glasses two and three, because this episode is so good. I am so thankful to have met Monet, as I call her, and to talk to you guys about something that's been kind of on my chest for some time. And thankfully for CJ Miss Global Philippines 2016, um, kind of bringing this to the forefront and bringing this to news. This is kind of an idea that me and Monet actually thought about after competing for Miss Black America. So I'm glad that we could sit down and talk about this episode with you guys. And I hope you enjoy it. I hope you guys um, take something from it. And don't forget to subscribe, please review and like it. And of course, share. Let me go ahead and shut up and I'll get you guys to the podcast. But thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate it. I really, really do. Get your glasses, you guys. This is going to be a goodie. Enjoy. Well, hello, and welcome to one of my first, well, yeah, my first guests in, like, this chit-chat series, <laughs> and one of my pageant friends, and real friends, in real life, yep. Kiara Monet Talentino, right? Yep, that is correct. Hello, everybody. Thank you for having me, Brittany. Hey, I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> this podcast has, like, advanced so far, and then now it's kind of, like, cool. It's like, it's like so many things I could take in. So many, like, there's so much you could talk about. Mm-hmm. There's always something going on. Absolutely. All right. But first, I want to dedicate this episode to um, the SpongeBob creator who sadly passed away today, uh, I believe. Yes. At 57 years old, um, Stephen Hellenberg, the famous name after the bubbles went away on the, on the show. On the opening credits. And it's so sad. Did you watch Spongebob? 
Okay, so I didn't really want SpongeBob, but can I just say that he also, I believe, created Rocco's Modern Life, which was oh, my yes. part. Right, so that was like, that was my thing. So he also created that one. So he's obviously was a very talented man. He had a lot of insight and vision. So yes, definitely let's dedicate this to him and, you know, rest in peace and prayers to his family. Yeah, it's so sad. Like, I love cartoons, like, obsessed. I didn't even like watching like live TV shows when we were kids. Like Raven was like the only thing I watched with like actual people. But I prefer <laughs> cartoons. <laughs> like all the time, Rugrats. Like I did not like watching live shows at all. Right. And SpongeBob was like the main thing. Absolutely. Oh, that's so sad. I think they'll still like keep it going though. It's pretty sad. And even though I didn't watch Spongebob growing up, it was just this year that I saw a clip from Spongebob that I thought was absolutely hilarious. So um, I can say that I'm probably a bigger Spongebob fan than I think, but I just haven't really watched the show. But, you know. He's like modern pop culture. Like, you could drop a Spongebob reference like you can drop a lyric. Absolutely. (laughs) That's at least me. (laughs) And people know what you're talking about. You know, know, when I was teaching... I my kids were like born in 2000 and that's when Spongebob's start was 99 but mm-hmm. and so they didn't really know some things that I was saying or they hadn't seen the episode because it's like older episodes and I'm like what the heck like I would like drop a joke and like the only person <laughs> laughing I'm like this was Spongebob you guys don't but I think like, that's the point of being a teacher is that your students you know when you make those jokes your students may not get them but they appreciate your effort but I'm not that old yet like don't no, you're not don't do me <laughs> definitely not oh my goodness but yes so so let's go ahead and just cheers to steven and all that he gave to us as children Mm, i know cheers to steven absolutely what are you um drinking i already know but i'm excited (laughs) yeah so per the theme of pageants and prosecco i'm having a glass of prosecco which happens to be like my favorite thing it's pretty much all i drink i don't drink often but when i do drink it is usually a glass of prosecco so shout out to you for pageants and prosecco it's delicious i just put my cousin on to prosecco um last month or no earlier this month and she's like what is this i'm like it's a prosecco it's delicious but we were like in the club so she didn't know what i was saying because everyone else had like we was at blue martini so of course i ordered a prosecco at a martino martini bar mm-hmm. of course and there's like really pretty had a flower in it and everything but i was like no i took a prosecco and um she's like oh my god it's delicious and the <laughs> next day she texts me she's like where did you get that from where can i find it i was like just <laughs> anywhere they sell wine what is it called which brand was it and i was like ah, any prosecco and i was like well try la marca that's the basic one mm-hmm. you can never go wrong with a nice prosecco I know it's delicious, but I'm drinking a um, Sauvignon Blanc today, and okay. it's kind of has an interesting story to it because I found this bottle of wine outside. <laughs> you outside? Yes, like on my way to work, and I just happened to find a bottle outside, literally outside the door, as if. And what's crazy was I worked at a <laughs> wine store, um, aka a liquor store, <laughs> but <laughs> the bottle. We didn't sell that bottle. So I'm guessing that maybe someone was trying to return it and we didn't have that line of wine and they were just like, F it and just left it. Wow. It, it was like on top of the trash can, like in the ashtray. And I was like, oh, well. Mm-hmm. And it was like, I had just started my shift. So it was early, probably like 10 o'clock in the morning or something like that. Mm-hmm. 
and I ain't expecting this. So it's a good. I mean, and it's like, I don't know. It's really delicious. It's a Sauvignon Blanc, and I don't really drink white. You know, I usually drink Chardonnays, mm-hmm. but it has like a caramel taste to it, and mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really good. And it's it's almost—it's like Azura A Z U A is what it's called. Okay, yeah, it's like it was almost left there just for you to drink in this very moment. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the perfect timing. I can say that not many of us find bottles of wine outside, so that's that's good. I know, I know, and I was like, well, what are the odds? And so I'm like, well, just inspect to make sure it's good. And I was like, well, it's not. I don't think it's that crazy to find a bottle of wine outside of a wine store as opposed to like a bottle of wine outside of like like you know a, a, a dumpster outside or something you'd be like mm, I don't know about that mm-hmm. but I was like eh. and it was staying so pretty and it was just like it wasn't like as if it was tossed there and I was like okay well I'll take it well, I'm glad that you found yourself in black <laughs> it sounds delicious with the caramel taste I would be interested in trying something like that yeah, it, it kind of drinks like a Chardonnay. That's why I like it. I mean, it's from California. It's Ruth the Third, and that's a big name in the wine world. Uh-huh. Um, so maybe that's why, because Californians like to use wood. So, oh. but yeah, I love me yeah. some California. I know. <laughs> I need to go out there. You can come with me next time I go. I'm going out there soon, so I hope that you know maybe we'll see each other there. You can come with me. Oh yes, yes, yes. And then speaking of California, you were a former Miss Black California. Yes, ma'am. That is actually how we met. I was Miss Black California USA, and you were Miss Black Illinois USA, and that was, what, almost two years ago? Years ago. Two years ago, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the great things about pageantry is the friends that you make, and I hope that's not like a super pageant patty thing to say, but it's the truth is that most of my friends I've met in pageantry. So, so glad to have met you so that we can be in this moment today. I know. Like, half my Facebook friends are all pageant people or... <laughs> Illinois beauty people or mm-hmm. high school people and yep that's it absolutely mm. so yeah and we can be at Miss Black USA which was a great time in DC in DC in DC and then we met each other again at Miss Black America what are the odds <laughs> <laughs> but again at Miss Black America this year so you know it really does connect people and you build lifelong friendships yeah, and that pageant, a whole nother episode, which will be coming out soon. <laughs> Once I fully recover, I'm going to really drop an episode. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's a thing. And that kind of, oh my God, just like perfect, because it kind of rounds up to what we're talking about today, which is etiquette and like conduct. Yes. <laughs> and, <laughs> you know, not going through foofiness as contestants. Right. Right. I think that, you know, as, as, pageantry is a is a hobby and you know it seems frivolous to a lot of people but because of that you know pageant contestants we go through a lot and we experience a lot that people couldn't even imagine and so I'm glad that we're having this episode today to kind of talk about some of those things and you know bring some of that to people's attention so thank you for having me Brittany oh absolutely absolutely thanks for being on the show of it's course cool to, and, that, and now it's like as if I'm not talking to someone and if I see something off the wall, you can, like, either be like, you know, that's kind of crazy or, you know, I totally agree with it. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So, I guess for anyone who's listening, to kind of break it down. Um, recently, and I think this happened, like, two days ago, around Thanksgiving, one of the contestants who competed for Miss Global 2016 
Her name was Camille Jensen, um, Hero. She goes by CJ. And she posted on Instagram a, like, I wouldn't even say, like, a cryptic message. It was, like, a flat-out message saying that sexual harassment in the pageant world is real. Organizers paved the way. And then she said she was asked to go to an office blessing, which I'm assuming is, like, when you, like, cut the ribbon or, like, a like a housewarming thing for offices, new businesses, something like that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it was a party. And she said it ended up being just, like, four contestants with, like, 30 drunk men. Wow. And then she said that um, she had hashtag clean the queendom. And then she said that she there was even an incident where um, they had to go to a party. And whoever was the friendliest got a Louis Vuitton bag. And that a sponsor ended up going to one of the people's rooms. And she's a pageant coach now. And she even trained some of her contestants to not be afraid to call people out during the on-stage question part of competition in case, like, something comes up. But she's kind of going on record, really, to ask the authorities in, I I don't know, what country? In the Philippines. She wants to have authorities form like a pageant body that will govern all pageants um, and pretty much lay down a law for how conduct should be, how like, you know, how organized a pageant should be. And what's crazy was that me and you thought of something like this too because there's so much mm-hmm. pish posh going on lately too, like <laughs> last six months or so. Especially here, because this is in the Philippines she's talking about. Right. And then the same thing happened at Miss Earth, too, recently, where they had three of the contestants talk about they were sexually harassed by one of the pageant sponsors who hosted a dinner on, I guess, his yacht or at the yacht club in the Philippines. And he was one, you know, so he has money and he's hosting a dinner. So that's like an appearance. And he was the one sexually harassing the contestants. It's not like it was someone outside you know this is someone who has direct financial ties to this pageant you know ties that they probably don't want to cut off because that's going into their pockets but anyway so she's kind of camille cj um hero and her instagram name is cj super hero like her last name is h-i-r-r-o so that's pretty cool she actually went on record to say that she was a rape survivor and she just doesn't want another girl to fall victim to what she experienced so she's asking for a, bo- a board to govern pageants, which I think is a great idea. Mm-hmm. It's something we talked about. Right. So now I'm kind of curious, like, how would how, how do you think this would, like, go about? Or what would be a criteria, do you think? How, would, how do you even start this? Yeah, I mean, I just think that, like I said, pageantry is a, is a hobby to many, to many people. And it's something that may not even be a necessity. But the reality is that so many women and girls and teenagers compete in pageants and they all come in with a purpose. And I feel like a lot of times the pageants are not treated or the title holders and the contestants are not treated in a way that they should be treated because it's just like, you know, oh, they're just here. They're pretty girls. They're here to sit there and do what they do best. And I think you you know what I'm referring to when I say that we've actually been told not to speak, but to do what we do best. And, you know, I think it's very important for us to go ahead and 
you know, get the spec that we deserve, form that board. And so to answer your question and how, you know, how we form it, it really just takes forming the organization. I mean, it really just takes a group of people that really care about the well-being of title holders, that really care about their experience, and that really want to make sure that no girl is going through what CJ had to go through or what any other contestant has had to go through, you know, in being harassed or treated unfairly when they're simply there to better themselves in the pageant world. True. And I think what a lot of people miss is that pageant is not the end all in what our vision for our life is. Mm -hmm. It's just like a stepping stone to get there. Mm -hmm. Like American Idol. Right. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Absolutely. I don't think any girl enters a pageant and says, I want to win this crown and that's it. We always go in there with a set of goals, you know, be it fitness goals, our career goals, our education goals. You know, we compete for scholarships. We compete for money to fund our businesses. You know, there's so much that goes into what we do. And, you know, I I agree with you that a lot of people don't realize that we're in there with something beyond looking pretty with a crown on our heads. Although that is a perk. Mm Mm-hmm. A great perk, too. It's a perk, but it's not what we're there for entirely. Yeah. And it's a lot of um, development. Like, sports teach you how to be tough and stuff. Yeah. Like, I did sports. Like, that taught me determination and really, like, pushing through weakness physically. Mm-hmm. Pageants taught me, like, the woman side of me. Like, how to look good. You know, mm-hmm. that people actually wear perfume on a really regular basis. I didn't really wear perfume like this. <laughs> and now I'm, like, obsessed. I started wearing eyelashes too. Like, who am I? Right. And it's just like, it, it's interview skills. It's how to dress, how mm. to tailor your outfit to you, how to walk in heels. Things Absolutely. that, you know, women teach other women. And it's not superficial. It's, this is our stereotypical gender role. And for those of us who are real, you know, like me, I feel like an alpha woman. I like to get dressed and put nails on and always be camera ready. Mm-hmm. That's, I feel like that's, that's me. Like, that's who I am. Absolutely. And then and that's like, it's like pageantry, cheerleading. Those are like main, I feel like women just like, it's just, it's easy. It's like natural for us to do these things, you know? Right. Yeah, it does. And I think that one of the biggest things, at least for me, is pageantry taught me how to exude confidence. So not just be confident in myself, but to be able to show that and display that to other people. And so being able to display confidence on stage has helped me display confidence in an interview room for a job or for anything else that I wish to pursue in life. It teaches you to walk in there as your best self and to prepare, to prepare yourself. The way that I prepare for a job interview is similar to how I prepare for a pageant. You know, like I, I feel like I've become a better woman because of it. I know how to walk in there and exude the confidence that I need to succeed so you know beyond the nails and the 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 pageant gown and the fitness it just teaches you how to be a better you you know whenever you're competing for a pageant you want to be the best you and so you look at every aspect of your life from your career to your education you know to your fitness and your looks you look at everything and you want to present the best you and that is you know the best thing that I think that pageantry does for women and for girls these days True. And the interview part is so important because you don't really get training to have a live interview, like for a job. 
you know, you kind of just walk in there. It's like, you don't know what to expect. You don't know how to sit down. Like, little things that you don't realize. Mm-hmm. And in pageants, we interview all the time to a point where it's, like, second nature. You still get the nerves. But imagine going to a first ever interview without having any practice or anything for a job you really want and you're like sweating or you like don't know how to answer a question (laughs) or you don't know how to ask for a higher salary and like then like the person looking at you sideways because you are awkward you know yeah but imagine it's like polish you up you talk to you know how you know how to talk to people about yourself in a non-conceited way you know how to get your answers across in less than three minutes you know you have that confidence to you that and then you you sit and talk to 10 people at a time or you sit and talk to five people individually for 10 minutes like it teaches you how to be on your a game at all times you know and then it's also the connections and people Mm -hmm. want to compete in pageants if it what if it wasn't proven successful like oprah halle berry eva longoria like have they not been successful and started off in pageants at the very beginning of their careers like halle berry was 23 and look where she's at now. Right. So you can't tell me not to compete and not to do it because it's been done before. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and like the age of social media, Olivia Colbo, she, that's her first pageant was like six weeks ago. And now look at her. Right. It's like, what the heck? Yeah. You're absolutely <laughs> right. But anyway, that goes back to saying that there's a reason for pageants. And because I think that we have like a alternate, like our own personal agenda we're on our best behavior at these events, you know? Right. So it's hard to kind of like different, it's hard to differentiate between like being too nice because you want to look good for the sponsors and everyone who's putting their hard time, the volunteers, you want to be, you know, a role model and you want to be a good title holder. But at the same time, you're not going to talk crazy to me, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Um. I, I agree with you. I think that it's about finding that balance between knowing what you're going to stand for and being that great title holder that people want to work with and that they want to contact for their events. And I think that a lot of girls, unfortunately, they may go toward being the perfect title holder as opposed to being themselves and standing up for themselves in those situations. And so I'm glad that we've opened up this discussion and that we're going to talk about it today because I think it's very important for anyone who currently competes or is thinking about competing but is, you know, has second thoughts about it or anyone who just may be in an uncomfortable situation with a director or a sponsor, I think it's very important that we open up this discussion and that they know where to go moving forward. Yeah. So, I mean, like, okay, so where to start? What do you think? Um, so, wait, so should we, wait, should we tell our listeners about your pageant rap sheet? You know, my pageant rap sheet. Sure. Let's, let's talk about that. So pageant is, pageantry is something that I've always wanted to do. I remember being maybe 14 years old and I, I'm a Virginia native. And I wanted to run for Miss Teen Virginia USA. But, you know, to someone who's not well-versed in pageantry, it just looks very expensive, very unnecessary, kind of frou-frou, you know, with swimsuits back then. It was just, you know, something that my mom really wasn't into. She was like, yeah, no, it's expensive and you have to wear a bathing suit. Yeah, you're not doing that. Yeah, so, same. 
I didn't do my first pageant until I was 23 years old. And I was fortunate enough to be crowned as Miss Virginia U.S. International 2012. And that came out of seemingly out of nowhere, but it was something I, I, I'd always wanted to do. But I had just graduated college. I was working my first job and I was missing something. So I said, okay, I'm going to do a pageant now. I can afford it to do it on my own. I'm going to do a pageant. And it kind of all just blossom from there. I went to nationals. I had a great time at nationals, met some really wonderful people. And then I moved to Los Angeles, California, where I was fortunate enough to compete in the Miss Universe organization. So I competed for a lot of the local titles for Miss California USA. And I eventually stumbled upon the Miss Black USA system where I was crowned Miss Black California USA 2016. And just in those few years, like I learned so much about myself, so much about the things that I wanted to do, because when you're asked on stage, where do you see yourself in five years? You have to have an answer. You know, you can't just say any old thing. And so it really forced me to learn about myself, learn about what my goals truly were and how I wanted to present myself to others. Yeah. And so you know, even though I started when I was 23 years old, I will say that pageantry had a ma- it played a major part in who I am today because it forced me to really sit down, write out my goals, and actually pursue those goals because you don't want to go into an interview room and say, this is what I want, but you're not yeah. working on it. Or just lying. Exactly, exactly. So <laughs> pageantry just kind of just whipped me into shape because – you know, before I started, I was like, yeah, I got a degree. I got a job. This is what it is. But when I started doing pageantry, I really started to pursue my goals, my dreams and what I always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I won't say I'm addicted to pageantry, but maybe a little bit, you know, like (laughs) I, you know, I'm somebody who my favorite movie is Miss Congeniality. I love it. Um, I actually just watched it yesterday. (laughs) Really? Yeah, I did. I did. It was on TV, so I watched it. I was going to ask. Yeah. um, And that's pretty much my pageant rap sheet. I was Miss Black California USA, and then I went on to compete further, and I eventually competed in Miss Black America, where I was crowned Miss Black America People's Choice, which was, Mm -hmm. you know, an interesting experience that I'm sure that we'll, we'll talk about on another show. But, you know, again, no matter what my experience has been with pageantry, I've always come away with it with something positive. Yeah. So. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's true. At the end of the day, you do grow. Mm-hmm. Like, you can't say that. You know, you can't say you don't gain anything. Yeah. You have no choice. You have no choice but to grow. When you know that there's a swimsuit competition, you're going. <laughs> you're going to work out. You know, you're going to do what you need to do. And even if you, you know, not everybody's going to meet their, their fitness goals right away or whatever goals right away, but you start working towards it and you want to continue being a better you. You don't compete in a pageant and walk away and go back to your old habits. You take on those new habits and you develop some new good habits. And so you always walk away with it with some form of growth. Yeah, you're supposed to. Or else you're just wasting your time. Yeah. And your money. And I will say that this year, um, after, completing, after competing in Miss Black America, 
and also seeing, you know, the article on, on CJ hero and as well as I would, I believe it was Mrs. America. Like they had some, some trouble as well. Mm-hmm. I, I really love seeing these women stand up for what they believe in and talk about their experiences or their, you know, their negative experiences as well, because it is something that we need to fix. It is, you know, there are thousands of women every year who compete in a pageant who have to go through something, be it feeling like they didn't get their money's worth or it was judged unfairly or, you know, sexual harassment. It's There's something there. And I really do think that it's something that we need to fix. We need to work toward getting the proper structure in place across the pageant board. Yeah. No, I totally agree. I totally agree. I think a lot of people um, on the other side who aren't contestants, who are like the directors, some mm-hmm. of them see it as like a cash cow opportunity. Yeah. So they like make like a fugazi pageant <laughs> and run it fugazi and meet the bare minimums, which is like having a title and a location for mm-hmm. nationals. But everything else is kind of like foo-foo, like whether it's the paperwork or mm-hmm. the actual attitudes of the directors. And yeah. it's just like, they're just like just doing this because they have to. And then at the end of it, they just want to collect a check. Right. And that makes me so sad because girls work hard or, you know, we work hard to get to those pageants, be it local, state or national. We work so hard. And it's so unfortunate to know that there are there's leadership that doesn't really care about the experience of their contestants or doesn't really care about the safety of their title holders. And so I I mean, I would say I would encourage anyone who's passionate about pageantry, especially title holders or formal title holders go in there and start your pageants, get a directorship and really care about your contestants and your title holders, because it's so important to the development of a pageant system and even to the young women that are competing. Absolutely. What do you think? So, cause we were talking about this after Miss Black America, mm-hmm. because that pageant was a hot ass mess <laughs> served on a bronze platter. <laughs> but like, I don't like where would you want to st- so I was thinking of doing like a verify like Twitter does the check mark uh-huh. saying like you know this passed the better pageant business bureau uh-huh. <laughs> and that is legitimate but uh-huh. I think in order to pass that I would need to see some true like paperwork I mean like licensing with the state or something right. and like I don't, I'm not sure how you can rule out or um, filter out sexual harassment, though. Um, you know, and I think wait one part before you answer. I want to mention like to people who aren't like kind of clear on how sexual harassment kind of falls into this. Um, I just kind of want to say like so a lot of times people kind of hold the crown over people's heads, you know, mm-hmm. like oh if you want to win, you know what are you going to really do to win? But I mean I feel like that's in anything. This is Right. What's it called? Quid quid pro quo? Uh-huh. Yeah. So it's just it's just another way of people who are just not the greatest humans on the planet to just kind of, you know, fulfill an evil desire of theirs. Um, and they just use the crown. And as contestants, what's really hard and what you are applauding, um, Monet, is that they're speaking up because sometimes we don't want to speak up because we feel silenced because, you know, you still want to win. Mm-hmm. Like, I paid to get you. you know, <laughs> yeah. I ain't gonna walk away with just nothing. Like, right. 
you know, that's how I feel like Miss Black America. Like, that's why I'm trying to give my money back because then I at least feel like maybe then I, I got what I what, what it was worth. <laughs> right. What people hold, like, and you don't want to speak up. And then there was even a point which is kind of like, it's really scary thinking about, um, like, now. But, you know, when we was on the stage and Jay Morris Anderson was talking to us mm-hmm. and he asked us, like, does anyone have any questions? And no one said anything. No one said anything. And we all want to say something. Yeah. And it's just yeah. like, we don't want to upset the, the founder of the pageant. Right. Before anyone's crowned. Like, I, I came here to win. Like, people yeah. are, and people are also are paying for us to be there. Like, it doesn't necessarily come out of our pockets. Exactly. It came from people who support us in this dream. But they don't know what it's like, you know. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, some people have been supporting us for in a few pageants, too. Right. So you don't want to just quit on them. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of where the sexual harassment kind of comes in because people know that that's our goal and then they try to you know do crazy stuff yeah yeah you're absolutely right and you know I, I, you brought up when, when mr when mr anderson came on and he asked us does anyone have anything to say or is anyone feeling some type of way and you know none of us said anything but at that point we had been there for almost a week and we had seen so much. We had been through so much. And it was the night before finals. We were bleeding. Yeah. Like it was, you know, we had been in, we had been in tippy tops, six inch heels all week, dancing, walking, photo shoots, all of that. And it was the night before finals. So no one wanted to say anything. Or at that point, I know at least for me, I was ready to go home. Like we had been through so much that week. I'm like, you know what? And, you know, in retrospect, maybe I should have said something more or something, but I was kind of just ready to go. Like, and I I think I say that to say the important thing is getting in and making sure that these organizations are conducting themselves to a standard before it gets to the end of pageant week, you know? Yeah. Um, Before we get to prelims, before we get to finals, before they announce the top 10, before finals even happen. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I think it has to do with the leadership and with the directors. I think it's important for the directors to really care about what they're doing. I think that the work culture in America in general, a lot of us go to work and we don't really care about what we're doing. We're there to get our paychecks. We're there True. to get our money so that we can survive. And, you know, that stands true for any profession, even outside of pageantry. Anybody's just going to work to get a check. And unfortunately, when you're dealing with pageants, at least, the contestants have to suffer the consequences of that. They have to yeah. suffer the consequences of the directors not really caring about their well-being. We're you know? conveniently at, like, the lowest of the totem pole in the pageant yeah. world. Isn't that weird? It, the lowest of the totem pole, but we're the ones who make the show. We you, we fund the show. We fund the show. I mean, it's very expensive. <laughs> we pay thousands of dollars in fees. You know, we pay thousands of dollars for our wardrobe, for our training, for our, our fitness. We, we pay for that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, lowest at the totem pole. It's like, yeah, we don't care if you have food to eat. We don't care if you go through this. Yeah. Yeah. Sponsors so. get treated better because they're giving them money. And it's just like, we're giving you money, too. And, like, we're the ones who have to go on social media afterwards. I feel like in this day and age, I'll be afraid to not run a pageant <laughs> by the books because people could say anything mm-hmm. and, ru- and ruin your name. Right. 
You know, people are losing their jobs left and right for saying the N-word in the parking lot. I mean, yeah, that's absolutely right. But do you remember, I think it was just last month or maybe, you know, a few, a couple months ago when the the beautiful ladies of the Mrs. America pageant came out and they indicated that the founder of the pageant was saying racist things to them. That got picked up by CNN, but where is it now? You know, like nothing yeah. happened. The owner is still in charge of that pageant. It's still up and running as far as I know. And even the title holders who appeared on CNN they're still making appearances in their sashes and their crowns. Are like, they really? Yeah. Or at least, you know, the ones that I follow are. And it's, you know, it's kind of like, what do we do? Like, what do we do when we have poor leadership? Mm-hmm. And so, you know, like I said, or like you said, or like everyone said, we need a board. <laughs> we need someone to be in charge. I mean, I know that maybe pageantry is not considered a sport, but it really is. Like, we mentally prepare. We physically prepare. And there's no structure in place to make sure that things are running according to a certain standard. Whereas with the NFL, there's a standard. Or with any other sports league, there's a standard. And, you know, I I feel like... like... Gymnastics is like one of the highest standards of boards Mm -hmm. I can think of. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I understand that those, you know, those sports and those organizations bring in a lot of money. But I'm sure that if we really looked at it, pageantry probably brings in a lot more money. Like we bring in mm-hmm. so much yes. money, not just entry fees, but sponsorship fees and, and all of that goes into it. You know, money's not everything. But if, if we want to quantify it, I mean, we bring in a lot of money for these organizations and we get so little out of it a lot of times. Yeah. Sometimes you just get like a T-shirt. Or maybe not a t-shirt. <laughs> oh, I know. I really want them. <laughs> we did get a bag. Yeah, we got a bag. But My biggest know, like... thing is that I want proof that I competed in this pageant. Like, give me something. Let me tell you, I've competed in pageants, national pageants, where we, t- we were told there would be food, and we were provided with Wonder Bread, American cheese, and a pack of bologna, and said, no. hey, this is your lunch. Make your lunch. And that was what it was for the entire week of... <laughs> rehearsals photo shoots interviews and basically we had to come out of our own pockets for food after paying the organization you know a couple thousand dollars being told that food was provided so it's just we need someone to stand up at least to stand up for the contestants and for the young ladies who wish to better themselves through pageantry because they just we deserve so much more i'm going to have to refill my glass on that note okay because it did get quite empty Okay. <laughs> <laughs> refill, girl. Refill. Okay. So, okay, so I'm, I am drinking AZUR. It's a 2015. Sorry, I'm blonde. But what's pretty cool is that this has like a little cute little bird on it. Mm. Um, that's holding. Oh, look! It says honeydew and leashy oh. fruit. So I was kind of right. That sounds really good. Anyway, the bird is on here. It's holding a thing of grapes in its beak, and it's like three, four, six grapes, and one of them is red. I feel like this is like a symbol wine. Like maybe it's like a magic wine. (laughs) (laughs) It probably is. It's gold. It's like, what are the odds of finding it for one? And then it's just like, I don't know. The way that it hits the light is kind of cool. So Mm -hmm. it was for this moment. Absolutely. Yeah. We talk about new changes and stuff. So, but I do definitely agree. I think that if we had a board, it would have to be something as big as the NFL board. Um, right. Or even like the NFL Players Association. Like Chris Paul is the president of that, I believe. 
And that's all them banding together so they all look out for each other. I think we should do the same thing. Right. And there's so many things that we could go with it. Like, as simple as why are some state title holders getting a whole car and <laughs> other ones are just getting, like, hair extensions? Right. Like, can we not get a car for everybody? I'm right. sure we can find someone who could donate a car for a year. Yeah. That would be nice. Little things like that. Yeah. And just making sure that you get your money's worth. That's my biggest thing. Right. And that they're not overcharging. Yeah. And I mean, that's simply a matter of having leadership in place that really, really cares and really, really has what they need to make their system a success. Right. I think it's very easy to say, yeah, I'll do a pageant. I'll start a pageant. I'll just do this because I can make money. But to really put in the thought and to put in the effort to giving your title holders the prizes that they need and not just the title holders, but the contestants, because the contestants are there. I mean, they're making the show. So making sure that your contestants are comfortable and making sure that you're able to produce a good show and not just put on old in the old show. Right. And I, I've seen that so many times in my, I mean, I, I say I haven't been competing that long because it's only been about, you know, seven years, almost seven years. So compared to the, those who've competed since childhood, I feel like I haven't been in it for that long. But even in those seven years, I'm like, I've just seen so much, half done things and I'm like there's you you this is your business like you Mm -hmm. chose to do this why not make it the best that you can make it and I think that unfortunately a lot of people who go into leadership see pageantry as a cash cow like you said they just see it as a way to make some quick money they can get the entry fees from contestants and they don't really care what happens after that yeah you know, you see title holders who win and don't get their prizes. They don't get their scholarships. They don't get what they were promised. It's just, it's so unfortunate. You know, I had one director tell me that you don't get all your prizes the day you win. You get it throughout your reign up until the day you give up your crown. I was like, yeah. I mean, gifts all year is nice, but yeah. I need my prize. I need the prize packages that you can bring to the show there. Yeah, and I think that by saying that, that makes it easy for them to renege on a lot of prizes. Yeah. So if you advertise a car, but I don't get it to the end of my reign, you know, it makes it very easy for you to, at the end of my reign, say, oh, this fell through. You know? Or just forget. Right. Mm-hmm. Oh, they never forget. Well, <laughs> I'll never say never, but like, they don't forget. It was probably never a prize to begin with, if we're, <laughs> if we're being real. Like, it was, if they forget a car, who forgets a car? Yeah, no, I agree. And then, like, I think people, like, really miss it because if you put on, like, a half, like, a really bad show and I'm getting talked to crazy, I'm getting sexually harassed, I'm going to tell everybody that I know. And then your numbers might go down. But if you Mm -hmm. actually put on, like, a really good show, you gave us, like, decent food, I'll give you rave reviews and recommend you to my friends. Mm -hmm. Like, why would you not want to put on a good show? Like you said, because you can bring in more people. Like, if you really want to use this for a cash cow, then do a good job, flip it, and make an even better show for next year. Treat us like royalty that we are. And then mm-hmm. I'm sure you get hundreds of contestants. Like the USA system, I competed with 110 teens. But we had a, we had a downtown hotel at McCormick Place, which is like the main place for any expo in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's right by the lake. I got a free hotel pillow because I kind of stole it. But we had ice <laughs> cream. It was three days, two nights downtown we had sleepover like we were treated like really nice we were escorted everywhere and it was like of course people want to keep competing because they're they're shit's in line like no offense like 
you know, it looks legit. But if I can pee in a pageant and you don't even have a hotel for us to stay or, like, there's no one picking me up at the airport that's with the system, no one has on any badges, I don't really, I feel kind of iffy. Like, I'm I'm gone from home on, on most pageants. Like, I'm not at home. I don't know this area. And my life is ultimately in your hands. So if I feel uneasy, like, I'm not going to recommend this pageant. I'm not going to feel as comfortable competing again next year, you know? Right. right. Yeah, I, I totally agree. Um, you mentioned the thing about the airport pickup. I mean, I've been in a pageant where <laughs> when I got on the plane, I started feeling nervous because I'm like, I'm going into this without knowing a whole lot of information. I don't know who's picking <laughs> me up. I don't know where we're even staying. Like, I don't know what's going on, you know? Um, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And like, like, who are you? Miss Black America has people pick us up. I thought it was with the pageant. They were with, they were with the city. Like, right. who? I don't know you. Like, yeah, it was. And it, just imagine, like, the parents' perspective, like, just letting your kids compete, you know? Like, I could just be gone. No right. one, like, no one checked in on us until that night that we got there, I think. Eight right. o'clock at night. And I got in at 10 o'clock in the morning. I could have been yeah. kidnapped for seven hours. Yeah. You're absolutely right. And I believe that the person who checked in on us was the current title holder and not any of the pageant officials or the people that we had been emailing all year it was the current title holder which is great it was great to meet her she's you know absolutely beautiful and wonderful but it would have been nice to have been greeted by someone who you know the director um or someone like that so yeah or lisa hello yes you are in the right city right put a banner up yeah make sure i'm at least in the right place right like i don't know whatever but so ooh, there's something does need to happen. There's definitely a need for a pageant board, and I'm I'm so excited to get started and and you know work on something to make this a better experience for everyone. Because let's be real, pageants aren't going anywhere. Like you know, people are going to continue to register for these competitions in hopes mm-hmm. of bettering themselves or achieving whatever goal that they have in mind, and so. Yeah. I think, you know, regulation needs, it, it does need to happen at this point because it's, I think it's getting out of hand. I think that as we move on in time, it gets almost 2019 and now there just needs to be some sort of regulation because at this point, anybody can start a pageant. Unfortunately, anybody can start a pageant, collect entry fees, and then not have a pageant. And there needs to be some sort of regulation or some sort of stamp that says, this is legit. This is you will feel safe. You will get what you paid for. You will get the experience. And Do you see this as like a like a government thing, or just like a like a a national board of pageant people? Like, do you see this as going like getting a like government official? Like, how do you see it? So I live in D.C. right, and I think that the government has a lot to worry about besides pageants. Even though I love pageantry. <laughs> so not a government thing, but definitely some sort of national board or some sort of accreditation the way that you would, you know, accredit a school or a sports organization. Like, I definitely okay. think, um, I don't know, like, did you see Creed 2 yet? I know that you like my No, Michael not Burkett. yet. Girl, I know. what are you, you're missing out. Like, I went and saw it, like, okay, maybe I might have a crush on Michael B. Jordan at this point. Who but doesn't? Right? Like, it was it was a really good movie. And I, I mean, um, but as I was watching him prepare for his boxing match, 
it just put me in mind of how I prepare for a pageant and how so many of us prepare for pageants. It's like, it was mostly a mental thing for him in that movie. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to give any spoilers, but you know, like most of what he was doing, there was a physical aspect involved. There was all of that financial, all of that involved, but like it was in his head. He had to mentally prepare. And so I'm like, this is so much of what we do for pageants because before we go on stage to answer a random question out of a bucket, we have to mentally prepare for what we're about to say, you know? Um, And so I guess the point that I was making with that is, you know, we prepare for a pageant the same way that a boxer prepares for a match. And I would like to see the same type of promotion, the same type of regulation. You know, they have referees that tell you if something was, you know, was a foul or something like that. Do they use foul in boxing? I don't think so. Okay. Well, you know, (laughs) something that was, you know, unorthodox in boxing, they have something for that. And I think that the the amount of money, the amount of time, the amount of prep, and the quality of people that compete in pageantry, I think that, you know, regulation at this point is something that needs to happen. So what are some criteria that should be PAGs? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, so Violet, they, they do use foul. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, great. <laughs> it's a warning. Okay, And yeah. it's a point deduction. Um, so I think first of all is this a legitimate pageant I think it's very easy for us to create an Instagram page with saying oh this is my so-and-so pageant register today it's so easy especially in 2018 to create a Facebook an Instagram a Twitter that boasts the name of a pageant but I think that one of the things is is this a legitimate pageant like do they have you know, do they have criteria? Do they have rules set in place? Is there something set in place to make this a legitimate pageant, first of all? Because, you know, I remember when I when I won my first pageant, shortly after that, I got an email from someone saying, oh, we're hosting this. You should register. And do you know, to this day, they have not held a pageant? <gasps> yeah. yeah. So seven years ago. Right. They have, but they still have their website up. It still has the info from 2013. But mm-hmm. so you can still pay. That's the thing. You can still pay to register, but they have yet to hold a pageant. Wow. And so does this do these does this organization have bylaws in place? Do they have a board of directors? Do they have sponsors, like actual sponsors, not just a prize package listed, but is this something they can actually give their title holder? Um, I think, you know, first and foremost, because there's so many scammers out there and they're just preying on on girls hopes and dreams yeah but i mean they are and you know it used to be like i mean it probably still is like you know if you want to become a model they would prey on you and say oh just pay us for this and we'll find you jobs but i find that like pageantry is so popular now and they will prey on these girls and say okay yeah pay us this and this is going to be the pageant and then they never have it uh-huh. And then if you really want to get into it, some coaches kind of do that too. Yeah. I mean, anybody just pops up and says, yeah, I'm a pageant coach. This is, these oh, are my rates. I competed in one pageant. Now I know everything. Yeah. And I mean, you know, it's just, it's so sad because I, I don't want people to not make money. So if you're going to be a pageant coach, care about what you do. Don't just call yourself a coach because you think you're a coach, but actually care about who you're working with. Know the ins and outs of the system that you're coaching for. 
don't just say you're a coach for all systems. No, what system are you well-versed in? How can you help me, you know? Um, I think also that needs to be on there. It's just like making sure that they're like the financial aspect of it, that the money is going to the right thing Mm-hmm. And it's not be going straight to your pockets or that it's not being taken out and going to the wrong spot or that if you're truly having a fundraiser, it's really going to that fundraiser. Yeah. Like looking at your um I don't know, the taxes on it. Mm-hmm. Maybe it should be maybe each pageant should have it registered as a business and you know, of course. Do a tax ID number. Of course. Little things like that. And I mean, you know, that's that's so important. And I know that in this day we think it's so easy to start businesses just because we have social media. It's so easy, like I said, to start a social media page and deem yeah. yourself an entrepreneur. But I think, <laughs> like, I go through the, like, you know, I have so many ideas and so many bit like, all of that jazz, but I like to go through the proper channels. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? So, yeah, trademarking the name, registering your tax ID. Like, are you actually a nonprofit organization? You know, where is this money going? You know, most business, pretty much all business owners, they don't make money in their first year, maybe even their first couple of years of running their business because it all goes back into their business. It doesn't go to them. So, you know, people may look at pageantry as a cash cow, but it's not. You have to pay for that venue. You have to make sure that your price package is in order. You have to pay for the cost of production. There's so much that goes into that. That, you know, you never want a contestant to get there and feel like she paid $1,500 for her entry fee and she has no clue where it went. Right. Or she got a salad for three days. Right. Or, you know, it's clear that it went to the director. It's like, yeah, you don't take a salary. Like most business owners don't take a salary their first year. Because it yeah. goes back into their, it takes money to make money. You know, what yeah, I'm that's, saying? that's 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 a true point to think of it as like a business. Like you're selling a whole business. It's not just like a, a thing. You have to yeah. put on a show, it's like a business. Yeah, it's a business. It's not just an event for this year. It's a whole business. You have to think about when you do crown a title holder. What do you have lined up for her? You know, like yeah, she's going to want to book her own events and do her own charity efforts. But what do you have lined up for that title holder? Mm-hmm. Like, what, what How do you, do you really see her year playing out? Yeah. And and be transparent about that. Like, so that the, the, the contestants know what they're getting into. They can know if this is the system for them. And there are some systems that are really great with that. They tell you exactly what's expected of the title holder. So you know, like, okay, this is something I want to do or that I can do. Um, so to answer your question about what there needs to be, there needs, there just needs to be some criteria there. You know, like I said, tax ID, I would say a board of directors or, you know, like each system has their own board of directors. Mm-hmm. Like who's okay. in charge? Like what's going on? Like, is there a treasurer? <laughs> is there a president? Like who's in charge? Like who, who okay. do we contact for this information? Okay. That's, that is true. That is yeah. true. Yeah. It's just Maybe. a one person show or what's going on here. Right. Um, let's see. What is the mission of the organization? And and especially now in America, we see so many new pageants that pop up with any old title on them. But any old variation of United States of America. Right. So, like, what is your mission? Like, what is your mission? What do you want your title holder to achieve? How do you want your brand to be presented? Is there a clear mission there? Mm-hmm. Because 
there's so much that goes into starting a new pageant or running a, you know, running a pageant that's been around for years, but what's, what's really, what's really going on? Like, what, what is it? Like, what is it that we're doing here? So how do you see their reign like taking place? Are you going to like dip off or are you going to plan appearances or she had appearances because things like that. I mean, when I was promised by California, USA, my director, along with some other directors of that system, they all quit. What? They all quit. So I was crowned, and I mean, I was responsible for my own appearances. I was responsible for everything, which is totally, you know, well, I was going to say it's totally fine, but honestly, I don't think it's fine. I think that a title yeah. holder should have her own vision for her reign. But there always needs to be a director there to give that guidance and to give that support. Because going, I yeah, totally like going to a national competition is stressful. And having to do everything on your own as a title holder, is, it can be very, very stressful. And then by the time you get there, you're exhausted. <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? Like we were raising money while we were still there at pageant week. Like it, it's just. Yeah. yeah and the biggest thing about that is like I feel like sometimes it's easier if someone else emails on your behalf right. to get you into places for appearances I feel like it's still good like oh hey I'm so and so can I attend this event but I feel like when someone emails on your behalf like hey I'm the director for Miss so and so I have title holder I feel like the communication is better received right. um and then it's just like a title holder. You're a title holder, so you're the queen. You're a student, probably, or a businesswoman. You you have to be that person. So it's nice to have like an assistant or someone helping you be that person. Mm-hmm. You just that's just one part mm-hmm. of who you are. You know, you got you still got to do the things to get to the higher level. You still got to develop your platform. You still got to develop your person. You still got to get swimsuit ready. You still got to get camera right. ready. Like, it's nice to have the person helping you along that way. And I think even as, like, a national director, having state directors, like, why would you want someone to come to nationals just looking at hot mess because she came on her own? This might have been her first pageant ever. She doesn't know how to dress, necessarily. She doesn't know how to look good for on stage. She doesn't know how to, like, necessarily do right. her makeup. She... Like, why would you want to send a yeah. contestant to nationals without a chance of even winning off, like, logistics? Right, because it's unfortunately for sometimes for them it's about collecting those entry fees you know at that point they don't care they've collected their fees we've paid for the hotel for the food for the entry and then whatever happens happens (laughs) pretty much (laughs) whatever happens just yeah it is what it is you know um I think if the weather people have to get certified by the American Meteorological (laughs) Society (laughs) pageants should get a stamp of approval too. Right. So I definitely am on board with this and I am definitely on board with starting yeah. this. Yeah, I, I absolutely am. And I mean, I think that you asked for my criteria. One of the most basic things for me is a, an informative website. Like I can't take yeah. any business seriously if they don't, like, you don't have a <laughs> website, really? Or you have a website and there's nothing on it. Like what is this? Like you took photos from someone else's website? Like this isn't real. You know, like, like what are you doing? Have a website that 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 explains your mission statement, explains exactly what you're doing with this pageant. Otherwise, I just think that you're somebody who needed some money and started a pageant. 
And it's just like, I hate when pageants have like weird, like they don't have like an outdated website. And at the bottom of it, it says copyright 98. Like you got to think like we're millennials. Like we, we can easily scan something for 20 seconds and dismiss it. Like if your website looks foo-foo or from the 90s or hasn't updated since I last looked into your system three years ago when I considered Mm -hmm. competing and you saw the same pictures up here, no, I know you're not updating your website. Like that to me is a simple turnoff. I don't care how big your title is. Like little things like that, like your Instagram picture. When did you last post? Are you just posting the last three days or have you posted, you know, like it's your last picture from like, is your post from 20 posts ago from 2016? I know you didn't post them like yeah. And is your post relevant to your organization, or have you taken someone else's pictures from another organization and posted (laughs) that? You know, like and the quality of the pictures too. Like, is this a a pixelated picture on Instagram? Like, what you what are you doing? I just I think that unfortunately, and this is not just in pageantry, but across the realm of the business world, now people think it's very easy. It's I don't. I personally don't think it's easy to start a business. There's research that has to be done beforehand. You have to gather your resources and just know what you're doing and know why you're doing it. If you just want to make some money, well, then sell Mary Kay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> sell black tummy tea. Like, <laughs> go for it. But, like, <laughs> I was choked in my wine. I'm sorry, girl, but I'm just saying, like, don't just decide, like, oh, I'm going to start a pageant and collect entry fees. Like, that's just not fair to the young women who are doing this for a reason. You know, like, yeah. we put so much into this from developing our platform to developing our look to our interview skills and how we want our reign to look, like philanthropy. There's so much that goes into it for you to just decide, like, oh, I'm going to have this go on and then not care about it. And so I think that the theme of this was, you know, the sexual harassment. I mean, that's just, that's terrible. That's terrible for any title holder to go into what they think is going to be an enriching appearance and to be harassed. Like a Louis Vuitton bag, really? (laughs) Yeah. And just to like turn the podcast dark, you know, there are a lot of instances in the modeling and pageant world where people just kind of post something to lure women overseas Mm -hmm. to compete in what they think is a pageant, and then they get caught up, um, kidnapped, and human trafficked. Mm -hmm. Um, We see it quite a bit, and there's nothing that um, is not unknown. It's kind of like the cousin that you don't talk about. But (laughs) uh, it it happens quite a bit, and, you know, women just disappear. And get kidnapped and trafficked um, through modeling and through uh, agencies that aren't legit. And unfortunately, it happens in pageant world too. It's absolutely terrible. And that's why I think it's so important to have some sort of regulation. Like before I go, like for me at least, before I go to any new restaurant, I check out the Yelp reviews. I mean, sometimes I take them with a grain of salt, but I have a place to go if I want to see what's going on with the restaurant. You know what I'm saying? So... I think a mm-hmm. place to go if you if you're not sure about a pageant or if you're not sure about a modeling agency or a gig, be able to go somewhere and see is this a legitimate organization? Like have they been approved by this organization? Do they have any issues that have arisen in the past couple of years? That stuff is good to know. Yeah. 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 Like like or are they like kind of like dipped off for a minute and they mm-hmm. came back? Like what's right. going on? And I think another good criteria 
is making sure that they have their licensee and stuff in place. Like they have a clear owner and the owner has everything licensing. They have the right to the name, mm-hmm. the right to the, you know, the crown, the sash, stuff like yeah. that. It's, it's a mess. And I, I, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of the pageants now, the leadership, there may be not people who are passionate about pageantry. There's sometimes mm-hmm. people who haven't, don't even have any experience as a title holder, as a contestant. And so because of that, they don't get it. They just see, oh, this is money. This is a business. And then they feel like they can like put on a show, like a talent show. Like it's a one hit thing and it's over with. Right. And you come back next year. Right. Like this is a full year thing. Like this is a thing. Like this is a a business. It's a full year. It's a full year and it's a business that 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 runs, you know. <sighs> <laughs> yeah, it's 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 just it's a lot. I am totally on board with starting one. I think it should be called like the I don't even say like American. I say like the International Pageant association or something or something like that and you know it doesn't I I agree I just I think it's very important especially as we move forward I mean international pageant association I I mean because like think like the NBA players they're looking out for each other I think we need to mm -hmm. look out for ourselves and that was some guys who probably thought about that (laughs) yeah I mean I agree I just think that some I think that pageantry is not maybe looked at as something that needs an organization or that needs that type of regulation because so many people look at it as just a hobby and some people think it's a frivolous hobby but Mm. you know no matter what Mm. those people think pageantry is not going anywhere you know what I'm saying like people are going to keep competing people are going to start are going to keep making new pageants and having these things pop up and there needs to be some sort of regulation because, you know, the safety of our contestants depends on it. The integrity of the pageant world depends on it. True. Yeah. True. Hmm. Um, I was going to say something else, too. Uh, I think that pageants are kind of like underground. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. A lot of people, if you're not immersed in the pageant world like we are and follow it on the ground and stuff. It's like you don't even know pageants exist, mm-hmm. really. And it's just like, how do you not know this? You don't know Miss America's going on next week, yeah. And they're like, Nah, I didn't know this was coming. It's like, what? I've been following this for for sixteen months now. I'm following this girl, mm-hmm. and it's just like we see those people as ourselves because we either know people can personally competing, like we're engrossed in this industry, you know, right? And some people never seen a beauty queen ever in their life, you know what I'm saying, or never even knew there was a difference like you know i think pageants are kind of more underground and that's why there hasn't been like a huge thing that came out because there's only been two main pageants and it was just something that you did but now i think pageant is more of a lifestyle it's like it's who you are right i'm Brittany, miss so-and-so right don't get it wrong like wheezy f baby please say the baby (laughs) (laughs) Please hit the title. You know what I'm saying? So now it's becoming more and more. And then, like, with Instagram and social media, we're finding out about more pageants. And now, like, and I, like, I feel like I told you this before, but the variation of having United States of America, you can change that around so many different times. Yeah. And now we have, like, just Italy. Like, just a one-word country. Right. So there's so many ways to say Miss USA or Miss America. Yeah. You know, and that's, I think that's how people kind of can get over on 
those who just really want to compete and want to compete often. Mm-hmm. And we get hit by the bug. Like, you want to compete all the time, but you don't, don't want to wait a year to compete in the system that's the only system that's legit. Yeah. You know, you, you do want to compete more, but you just don't want to do it and feel like you're getting scammed. That's true. And then, you know, the the major system, the major, you know, legit systems or, I mean, there's a lot of legit systems, but the major systems... They exclude a lot of a lot of women, you know, like with, yeah. with the age limit or with the any criteria that they may have. And so when you have these other pageants popping up and it's like, oh, they include married women or they include women over the age of 27 or, or plus size. Yeah. Or black women. So, many, so it, that, that, that just makes it so easy to create a scam or to create maybe not a scam but a pageant that maybe needs some more growth and development before they start accepting money from contestants. I mean, I would encourage anybody who wants to start a pageant to start one, but to develop your system, develop your bylaws, develop your goals before you start accepting money. Don't just make a social media page and a Wix website and say, okay, (laughs) I'm accepting money now. We're going to have a pageant and then not have your P's and Q's. Like stay on your P's and your Q's. Like, you know what else bothers me and people have websites and it said and it still says like miss so and so dot wix dot com. Yeah. Like pay for that to come off. For the website. I mean, pay for your website. It's it can't be that cheap. It's not that expensive to do. And then expensive is just like, but you're starting a business though. So surely you had this. Like there's business expenses. You can't just decide I'm gonna start a business, but I have no money. You gotta have something. It takes yeah. money to make money, and then it takes money to create a successful pageant. You have to pay for your venue. You have to pay for your. I mean, please trademark the name. If you do nothing else, <laughs> trademark the name so that nobody can take it and do their own stuff with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, <sighs> can you trademark a crown? Like, oh. it's a Mikamoto just for um, universe in USA. You know, I don't know, but I imagine that you probably could. Like, I mean, it's intellectual property. So if you designed, like, if you have someone oh, that designed true. it for you, um, yeah, trademark it. Like, go through those proper channels. Like, it's well worth it if you're passionate and if you're serious about your business. And, I mean, I would say to young ladies who are listening, if the pageant system that you want to compete in doesn't even think enough of their system to create a decent website, or to put some information on there, like, just don't even deal with it. You know, I had someone reach out to me on Facebook, and everything that he said about the pageant was great, but when I asked for a website, he sent me the link to a Facebook fan page. (laughs) And I'm like, so now I don't believe anything you have to say about the prizes or the opportunities, because you didn't even take the time to pay a 100 bucks for a website. Yeah, see, and it's just like, I don't know. And you got to think about the safety. Like, who are you? Yeah. Like, what is your background in pageants? Like, do you just pop up out of nowhere? Yeah. And then, like, like, and then, like, you get kind of iffy with guys doing it, too. Like, no offense, but, like, it's just, like, what guy would want to run a whole pageant yeah. that's either not engrossed in the industry already, not, you know, gay? Like, I just, I just get kind of iffy on that, too. Like, like, you don't have any daughters. Like, how did, like, what are you doing? I'm kind of confused, you know? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on that person's background. Like, if it's a guy that has a background in, 
you know, the entertainment industry, then sure, maybe I get it. But even then, like, does this person, you know, regardless of, you know, his gender or his sexual orientation, did he take the time to set up a good business model? Like, is he serious about what he's doing? You know, like, does he have a board of directors? <laughs> does he have bylaws? <laughs> like, I, I really care about things like that. Like, That's your most important part. Yeah, like, do you have something set up to indicate to me that this is a legitimate business? Or are you someone who wants to collect $1,000 from as many contestants as you can, and then maybe you spend 100 on a sash and a crown, but they get nothing out of it except for, I can order, Brittany, you want a sash and a crown? Like, I can order us sashes and crowns today. Ooh that yeah, say whatever girl. we want you know like anybody can do that but are they producing a show are they producing right. a pageant and is that title holder going to benefit from this title yeah and how long for me when i look at a pageant how long have you been around yeah. like if you have 17 posts on instagram i might not compete in your system this year yeah or, I mean, like, there's some pageants I looked into when I first started competing where I didn't know anything in pageants. I didn't want to compete again. And I don't even know what that pageant is today. Like, I haven't heard of them. I don't even know if they exist still. Like, literally, it just popped up and popped away. All right. And that's when you know it's like, okay, this probably was suspect, but I didn't give my money to them. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah, I mean, I it's it's so unfortunate. And it's so sad. And I, I just, I can only hope that there are newbies listening to your podcast who are going to take this to heart and choose those systems that make sense choose those systems that have structure in place that have good reviews at least until we get some regulations set in place yes until me and you get our (laughs) our seal from the government right yeah okay so i went on some things so i said paperwork okay so if i was on this board i would look for paperwork and like deadlines and then I would look into the cost of the pageant and then the return on the investment for the contestants, mm-hmm. the location, the licensing, and the website. I did put websites. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the sponsors, make sure the sponsors are legitimate sponsors, that they're clear, the activities and the events that they're doing, that they're legit, um, and then the judging criteria and how it is judged. Right. That for me would be my biggest indicators because I think another thing is that judging is that's a whole new thing. Like, <laughs> Making sure that it's legitimately judged correctly and that, you know, is 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 by an attorney or you know, that is legitimate and not someone who didn't just pick a contestant to win because That's they happened. like that person. And that happens or they so know. much, unfortunately. Yes. Yes. I, I feel like that's a whole other episode too. But I think that if they want to be legitimate and I need to know I legitimately lost or I legitimately won and that because my connections didn't win or because I'm a legacy in this system, I won or yeah, I have to compete eight times to win. Like, I don't have time for that. Yeah, there's, a, there's so much that goes into that. And then I think that um, in terms of the regulations, whoever is on that board to regulate that needs to be going to these pageants and seeing how they're conducted. Like, going to prelims and going to finals. Yeah, like, going and and making sure that everything is up to par. Talking to the contestants and asking about their experiences. Because, you know, the contestants are the most important part to me. Like, talking to them. Just, hey, how has it been going this week? Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, like, how do you feel? You know, beyond whether you win or not, 
how do you feel you've been treated? Do you feel you've been put in any sort of compromising positions? Were you told not to make yourself vulnerable to rape? Like, do you remember we were told that? Like, we were actually told yes. not to make ourselves vulnerable to rape. By a woman, too, right? By a woman at a pageant. Okay. It's just like, yes. well, yes. how do you make yourself vulnerable to rape? What does that even mean? And it's just like, why are rapists around me? Yeah. Like, why is that Why is that an option? Why is that something to talk about? Yeah, like, why is Should I be concerned? concerned? Yeah, like, why is your concern... <laughs> my vulnerability as opposed to my safety that's mm-hmm. and that's the reason why the next black america pageant stopped in the first place something for that out there yeah and it's uh, i mean and this it's pageants with really good names because you mm-hmm. you don't want to just go out there and have someone have to ask you a thousand questions if you have a nice good strong name then you're able to easily walk into some of these doors but some of these pageants are like well known be having the craziest foo-foo background yeah that's why this boarding to get started we need to get on this yes I, I i think we do and i think that we will and i you know personally i invite anyone who's passionate about this you know reaching out with you because you know it's just me and you right now but if anyone has any sort of input or idea like i mean just it's it's so important you know what i'm saying yeah, it's so important. Me, you, and um, CJ. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it, it is. It's it's very important to get this in place because, like I said, pageants aren't going anywhere. And you know, as long as the earth is spinning and the sun is shining, there is going to be a girl who wants to be a beauty queen. <laughs> and there's going to be people, no matter how bad the comments are or how negative review we tell you about this pageant, there's still someone who signs up. Absolutely, that is that yeah. is that is very very true. No matter what people say about it. Somebody will see something shiny about that title or about that, they'll believe it. And and you know, there was one pageant system I don't and I won't I don't remember what it was, but even if I did I wouldn't say it. But like they were promising girls starter money for their business like twenty thousand dollars in starter money for their businesses. And, <laughs> but they've yet to have a pageant. And this was like around the time that we did Miss Black USA. So that you know, that's a couple of years ago. And I'm like, I have reason to believe they never had any starter money for these businesses. <laughs> they were just getting girls to sign up in hopes of getting money to start their, like, seed money. Oh, it was, no. You know what I mean? Like, it's so easy to, to, to start a social media page or even to start a website, even though some people don't do that. It's very easy to create a website and to say, yeah. this is what it is. These are the prizes. But, you know... Reg- being able to regulate like okay now where are you getting these these prizes that you advertise where are they coming from you know what i'm saying yeah. like what are your financial statements for the year like what have you done to raise the money who are your sponsors like can your sponsors verify like verified sponsors i think is very important because you hear way too many times about sponsors pulling out and not giving their prizes so to go back to what you said about like you know what we need verified sponsors like who's verified and who's not are these girls actually going to get hair extensions from indique <laughs> have they agreed to that or did you just say that am i getting a t-shirt from competing in this pageant all i want is my t-shirt <laughs> yes <laughs> or something something to say that i was there i mean the pageant yeah. i told you about with, with the the wonder bread and the bologna sandwiches Yes. I don't have a t-shirt. The only thing I have from that is because I placed in the top 10, so I got a plaque. 
But anybody who didn't place walked away with the bologna sandwich. Man. And nothing else. Even though we were told we would get, we were told we get opening number dresses, but when we got there, they were like, oh, just wear whatever cocktail dress you have. We were told we'd get XYZ. We got none of that. Like, it, it so if a pageant doesn't come through with some of their promises, would you take their accreditation away? Depend. I would say that depending on what it was, they didn't come through because the reality is sometimes sponsors do fall through. Sometimes things that you wanted there, you know, don't happen. But I think it more matters what did this organization do to rectify that. So if you were unable to get the sponsor their car for their reign were you able to get them you know uber credits for their appearances were you able to get xyz um so i wouldn't necessarily take away their accreditation right away but i would definitely mark it you know what i'm saying like mark this is what happened this person didn't get to take their trip to africa the way they were promised this person didn't get their scholarship and then i guess you know if that happens multiple times in a row take it away Okay. I'm writing all this down for our outline. Yeah. <laughs> you know, take it away. Um, you know, with the Better Business Bureau, they have, you know, I think they still go by A, B, C's, and D. You know what I mean? Like, oh, true, they do. Yeah, like lower the grade. So it's like if you see a pageant that has a C plus average, enter at your own risk, but just know that you might not get your prize. You know, that's also a good point to make, too, because there's no one to complain about to pageants. There's about not. a pageant you can't just like your facebook friends yeah like you can't go to anywhere like the higher ups and be like this is not legit they be like oh that's what you get mm-hmm. yeah. and I, don't, I think that's with all like artistic things like mm-hmm. agencies but like you like you just lose you take an l well there is but even with like you know even with actors there's unions like they they're able to oh, join true. it yeah like there i mean there are plenty of non-union actors but if you're an actor you know, a professional actor, at least, you yes. probably have joined the union and you can go to them and say, hey, like, you know, the actors union, they're required to pay a certain amount of wages for, you know, what I'm saying you can't work more than X, Y, Z hours a day without being paid this much. You know what oh I'm saying? Oh my gosh, that's such a good idea. Yeah. I mean, there's just kind of like a pageant union is what <laughs> is what we're discussing, but like, it's it's a thing. And I think that Again, because a lot of people may not take pageantry seriously as anything beyond a frou-frou hobby, hmm. these regulations. I, like, would, would you want us to be regulated in like how we're um, like taken care of during pageant week, too? What do you mean taken care of? Like we can't be in our heels seven days a week. Or we have to at least get this many meals a day. Or we have to at least get this much personal time and sleep. Arranged, peer range, Like making sure that they allow right. eight hours of sleep a night, not three. Right. Yeah, from, yeah, right. So from the perspective of a contestant as from like, and from like, you know, anything else, I would say the regulations for rehearsals, I think needs, needs to be there. Okay. Um, in terms of heels, that's really hard to, to like do because some girls are or some people are okay with being in heels for a long period of time. And I, I will say that it wasn't until and I hate to name names, but it wasn't until Miss Whack America 
that I was told I couldn't take my shoes off when my feet hurt. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if that needs to be a regulation. That was just something that was just like so weird. Like I remember, I think it was the night of finals and I was hungry and we were having like our 100th rehearsal for the same dance. And I was told not to go and get food. And I'm like, well, my blood sugar is low. I need food. And she said, well, why do we need no trail mix? <laughs> and I just looked at her like, lady, I'm 29 years old. Like, you're not going to tell me not to go and eat food. So, <laughs> like, what do you mean? What's trail, trail mix? Yeah, like, what do you mean? We've been here since 7 a.m. It's now 5 p.m. The show starts in three hours. I'm hungry. Like, you're not going to tell me not to eat food when other people have food? Yes. Oh, my gosh. We ate so much trail mix. I had some on my suitcase when I came home. Jesus. <laughs> like, And that wasn't even from them. That was from somebody else who wasn't yeah. even necessarily associated with the pageant. Yeah. So I think that there needs to be regulations in terms of, like, what are your plans for feeding the contestants? Like, Yes. Do they have free time? Like I've seen some pageants that actually give their contestants free time during the day to spend time with their families or to eat or to rest. You know, like there's no reason at a pageant, honestly, to be rehearsing all day long. There's not. There's not. And if you feel like that, then you're doing too much in your pageant. And just like a side tangent, all of us can't dance. Okay, so stop making us dance like Beyonce in the opening number. That's, I get it, like it's the opening of the show, but there's so many other ways you can entertain the audience to open the show that don't involve me dancing and having rhythm and making me like an idiot. And it's not important. You know, I've seen some of the best pageants I've seen have simply been their opening number is an introduction because that's what's important is that the girls come out and they go to the mic, they say their name. And then they go and get ready for competition because we're there for yeah. competition. We're not there for opening numbers. Or like a walking pattern that's intricate or something. Something you the backstage. To. Like Yeah, if you have to, but like the truth is, me, at least as an audience member, I don't really care that much about opening number. Like I want to see the contestants, but like I don't care that they came out and they danced to Prince. <laughs> I don't care because oh we're going to see the talent portion. So let them yeah. come out and say their names and where they're from and then let them go back there and put on their, like, get ready for competition because I'm here to see the competition, not mm-hmm. the opening number. But that's, again, that's that's a matter of the, the leadership not being well-versed in what's really important in pageantry. Like, True. True. You know? And I think, quite frankly, the audience doesn't want to be there that long anyway. Mm-hmm. And half of our people don't support us anyway, so they just they're just they're just happy to be there. So I rather them sit through a two hour show with no opening number and we just got to straight to the point, no yeah. musical acts, than have a five hour long show and we're doing all this crazy stuff. Like absolutely, we all want to go out to eat afterwards. Like we can't go out to eat at ten o'clock at night. Right. Like come on, let's get this going. Yeah, and I mean I think it takes away from the contestants what they came there for. It takes away like. Think about it. When we were at pageant week for both the times we competed, we spent so much time rehearsing that at least for me, it took away from like what I came there to do. Like I couldn't focus yeah. on my competition. I'm like, well, I didn't have time to practice my talent. I didn't get a t- time to practice anything except for opening There's number. technical rehearsal. Like how do I know when the light's going to hit where it needs to hit? Little yeah. Things like that. It takes yeah. away from and your the- points. Exactly. Yeah. And it's, little, it's like you're going to mess up your show. And then I feel like sometimes with Miss Black, 
USA. I don't I didn't mean to name drop, whatever. But the girls who were chosen to do the opening number, a little intricate routine, they were more stressed out than those who weren't chosen to do that routine because they had to memorize ultimately their talent and the opening <laughs> number talent. And Girl, so I was glad I didn't get picked. Like, fuck that. I'm going to walk on stage and look cute at the end. If my parents see me take a picture, I'm not going to do this whole Beyonce routine. I don't, that's not what I came here for. Yeah, it's 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 a lot. And so I think that, you know, um, <laughs> getting a feel for what the, and even if we don't, I mean, a director's going to run their pageant the way they want to run it, right? So if somebody wants an intricate routine, that's what they're going to have. But I think that having that information there for contestants to know before they sign up, like, I really think that the regula- the, like, the regulations needs to be kind of for contestants to know what it is before they get into it. Mm-hmm. Had I known at Miss Black America that we were going to be just rehearsing opening number for a week <laughs> and that I would have no time to, like, actually do technical rehearsals or know the order, like, you know, like, when I won... Like, I I won the People's Choice Award, but I had no clue what was supposed to happen. And I wasn't even asked my question. Like, I was just up there on stage waiting to see what was supposed to happen next because we didn't go through any of that. We didn't go through what happens when you're called for, when you know, when you win special awards. We didn't go through any of that. We simply spent the time dancing to Level Up, which is a wonderful song. Love the song. (laughs) Listen to it every day. It's on my motivation playlist. But, like... Yeah, it's kind of weird to know that, like, the least practiced part of a pageant is the crowning part. Yeah, we had no clue what was supposed to happen. And the crowning didn't happen until 2 a.m. For anybody listening, 2 o'clock in the morning is when we crown, or maybe later. You know what I mean? When we crowned our winner. I was there. I was there. I wasn't on stage, but I sat there. Everyone left, and I stayed to watch. Like... I know I was tired as hell, but I realized that, and I was going to put this in the group chat too, but I feel like what we went through at Miss Black America is like, we should have a name for ourselves, like Little Rock, Little Rock Nine, like, (laughs) where we were like Miss Black America 50, or like, I feel like we're stapled in history as like, we went through this crazy experience, and like, we should have like a, a category or like like a name. Like I was returned in forty years as the Miss Black America fifty or something, like mm-hmm. people who went through a crazy historical experience and it gave them crazy. a name and number at the end of it. It was it was crazy <laughs> and all of it came from I mean, this goes back to my point of just leadership not being passionate about the import like what was really important in that pageant. Yeah. I feel like in that case, in our case at least they were focused on making the money and putting on a show. But I don't even, I don't even know. Like, were they focused on putting on a show? It was just so weird. Like there was this, yeah. it was mostly we'll money. February. Like it was like, even when I was there, I was being contacted for an entry fee that I already paid. You know, like I was the day before finals there, I was being told that, oh, you owe us $1,200, when the reality is I paid that plus what I earned for my People's Choice votes, which were a dollar per vote, and I got, like, two, over, like, 2,200 votes. <clears throat> so, like, even if you didn't have my entry fee, you got over the entry fee with the People's Choice, but I was being harassed over that at 1 a.m. before finals. 1 a.m. So the day of you, finals or, like, the night before? 
I think it was it well it was the night before, but it was two in the morning or one in the morning. So it was the yeah. day out, basically. I think I came to you and and um Mariah's room, our our others, our sister queen, stressed out as as opposed to like being rested and getting ready for talent and everything. Mm-hmm. I'm stressed out. Like, what are they they're saying they don't have my money, but I know I paid it. And eventually I found my receipts and I was able to like prove it. But I'm like, what you guys really care about this money that you already have. <laughs> right. No, I do remember that. We was like looking for it. Yeah, I, I had to go because I had paid them back in May and it was August. So I had to go back to my bank statements and, you know, figure it out. But I'm just like, that just shows you where their minds were. Yeah. You know, their minds were on, oh, we want money. We want money. We want money. And it wasn't just me. There was other contestants who were being contacted about an entry fee that they had already paid. Because otherwise, like, if we didn't pay our fees, why were we already there? Yeah, right. Why did you give me, why did you allow me the access? Right, like I've already been here in the hotel for a week. <laughs> so you're telling me that you don't have my fifteen hundred dollars? Is that so? So then, where did it go? So that's my that's my biggest question. Okay, who has it? Because I don't have no more. Right. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah. No. Yeah. Yeah. We definitely need to get on this because now that you're talking about this, and I think about how big it could be, like how official it could be. Because I feel like at this point, if you if it starts up. And you and we certify these pageants, and you compete in a pageant that's not certified is at your own risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that's that's pretty much what it's going to be. And so we look into things like contestant experience, um, okay. leadership. Um, that's good. You know how long the pageant's been around. You know, licensing and websites and the official logistics. Yeah, like, are they actually a nonprofit? Which is, you know, some pageants run for a profit. Totally fine. But, like, what is their goal? Like, what what's going on here? Because what I about so- What about the sexual harassment part to it? Um, I mean, like, cut you off. And, like, unfortunately, sexual harassment can happen whether or not you have a director who cares. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I think that in the event of the young women going to a party full of a bunch of drunk men... That is something that the director should have scouted. The director should be there, first of all. Well, I feel like at that point, there should be, one, they were outnumbered. So they either need to have security or have more people attend or something. Like, you can't just throw me in a random country and put me in this party. Yeah, there needs to be someone there, even though you send your title holder and, and, you know, as a title holder, I've had to, I've always, almost always attended appearances on my own. But now that I'm thinking about it, there needs to be a representative from the organization to make sure that the title holder is safe and has what she needs. Yeah. So. I totally agree. Yeah. So, I mean, even though they were outnumbered, there should have been a director or security or some sort of pageant official there to say, okay, I'm here representing these ladies. They are safe with me. If they have an issue, they can come. They, you know what I mean? They need to have mm-hmm. someone there and not go in feeling like they have to smile and be pretty and fend for themselves. Yeah. Or you have like a 1-800 toll-free number. If something's going on suspiciously in this organization, they can call the board and then it'll be a mark against them or we'll look into it or take their certification mm-hmm. away or something. You yeah. know, now that I think about it, I feel like every industry has a certification of some of something. Lifeguards yeah. have certifications. Yeah. Dentist. 
everybody does. I think pretty much I everybody really do but pe- a pageant director. Yeah. I feel like people just see that's just like a thing you just do. Mm-hmm. Like Absolutely. musicians, I feel like, have a board. Or Actors. they at least have a union, someone they can reach out to if something's amok. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a great idea. It's a great idea and a great episode, too. We've covered a lot today. I know. I know. This is going to go down on record as probably one of my longest episodes so far. (laughs) (laughs) But it was worth it because I think that this episode and the past few episodes are bringing out to light what's kind of been taboo, like taboo and hidden. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Audience, I've been drinking a little bit, but um, <laughs> taboo in the passion world because there's things that's been going on probably for years and years and years that just aren't said, it's just something that kind of just is whispered, you know, okay. or not taking seriously, or just watch out, then you'll know better. But I think yeah. talking about it and realizing that it's not in these off the wall, scary pageants that you have to fly to France tomorrow. And you don't even know who's in charge. It's Miss Earth. This was Miss Global. Mm-hmm. You know, it's big pageants. And it's people who really just trying to like just pull one over on these contestants. And that's what's really sad is that like I just hate that we feel so silenced. That's what really pisses me off because you low key do want to win, but like you don't want to call them out, but you don't want to get harassed. Like, if I was sexually harassed at Miss Black USA, then I would have the balls to stand up and be like, okay, over with. Because for me, personally, as someone who's competed in the pageants, it's not that big of a deal. My hardest thing would be telling my supporters who give me money what happened and that the money is gone. That's what's hard for me. Right. But, like, other women, I get that it's hard to say anything, period, because you don't know. Or maybe this is your first pageant. Or maybe you're just not as bold to speak up about what you're going through um and you take it more internally but that's like you know it's hard being a woman and as much as we are sexually harassed like on the street at work it happens in pageants too and i'm just sick of it like i'm really sick of it yeah i'm over it i agree absolutely over it (laughs) (laughs) it's just like why like it's 2018, you know, and it, I, for me, what really pisses me off is, like, if you think that I'm attractive or something and you legitimately might fit into what I can see as a future with you, then say something, you know? Mm-hmm. But if you're, like, I don't know, 85 years old, like, you like you have no intentions of having a future with me and you're just saying something to me to, like, like what is your purpose? Like, why are you sexually harassing me like you're trying to do this for your ego mm-hmm. and I just I just, I don't know I, that's kind of how I feel I'm just like like if you're not generally trying to get with me then what do you, what is your purpose in sexually harassing me to make me feel small make you feel bigger and then what I don't know I mean that's it's, I mean it's that's a deep, it's, it's a deeper story yeah that's that's really really deep that goes beyond the pageant world and beyond anything else that you know <laughs> we can cover on a podcast episode it's like it's just like all 2018 i just feel like people have been really silent and now they're just now speaking up and i feel like we should have we need to continue speaking up but i feel like we would have we should have woke up earlier yeah 
And I think especially, you know, in terms of the of, of title holders and pageant contestants, I mean, do you remember when we showed up for a press conference and we were all preparing things to say only to be told, sit there and do what you do best, which is look pretty. Yeah. Remember we were told that? Yeah. Um, and I, I think that that it. just goes into, that, that doesn't warrant sexual harassment, but that just goes to show you like how we're looked at as contestants, as pageant contestants and title holders is that like, yeah, they're just like pretty things that sit there with crowns on so we can do what we want, you know? Yeah, and that's what I'm trying to make. Like, what is what's your purpose? Like, what, yeah. who, like the fact that you have that much guts to say that. Yeah, like I don't know. And the it thing just is, me off. when that man said that, he, I'm sure he didn't mean any harm. He just thought it was okay to say. Yeah, I know. Like, he didn't. He didn't think anything of it. He just thought, yeah, they're they're pretty. And what's crazy is that like people don't say things to you if there was a guy around. Right. Like. I'm someone's daughter. Could you imagine my dad? No one says anything crazy to me when my dad's around. Because mm-hmm. yeah. they'll, they'll get their ass beat. But, like, the minute I look nice, I have on a, a nice outfit, a crown and sash, then you just feel like you can just say anything to me. Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That's, like, the psychology part of it. Oh, <laughs> 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 oh my gosh. What a great episode, though awesome i appreciate you coming on and talking of course absolutely anytime did you have anything else you wanted to throw in there no i think that we have covered a lot in this you know it's a very informative long candid episode um so i i think that i've covered everything i wanted to say i just i guess you know until we get the regulations in place and until we get some structure i think that any young any young lady who wants to compete just do your research Use your best judgment and, you know, if you are fortunate or blessed enough to be crowned, your reign is what you make it and don't go to appearances by yourself. (laughs) Take someone with you, you know, if you have to, like, if your organization doesn't have that structure in place to have, you know, a director or someone go with you, bring your older brother, bring a friend, bring somebody. And if you ever feel uncomfortable at an appearance, you can leave. They're not going to strip your crown from you. And if they do, guess what? It's fine. Get another crown. I mean, if you felt uncomfortable, if you were anything like that, like don't ever jeopardize yourself for a crown, I guess is what I'm going with that. True. True. Yeah. And that kind of is part of a whole other episode too, as far as um, like making sure you're safe on appearances, that mm-hmm. no one says anything to you on appearances and bringing somebody with you. Yeah. I can be on that episode too. Man. But until your pageant is certified by us, <laughs> don't compete in it. <laughs> yeah. Or if you're going to, just know what you're doing. Like, just know what you're getting into. Do your research. Just know that there's always another crown. Like, and it's not worth it. It's not, it's not worth it. Like, I know you might have spent a lot of money, but it's just money. You'll get it back. That's what you told me. You will like I, I did tell you that like you're there's always more money to be made. Like I was crying, like I was really sad. I feel like I lost my money, and I get it, you guys. I do get it. But your dignity and your pride and your self worth is worth more than three thousand yeah. dollars. And your mental health, like it's just money. Hell money yeah. is meant to be made and meant to be spent. Like you're gonna get more money. <laughs> so yeah. 
don't ever feel like you lost it just go get some more and to trust that instinct too like if you mm-hmm. are away because my biggest thing too with this is in competing internationally too mm-hmm. it's just you just don't know the custom you don't know the language you don't know the area like that's a whole nother beast to tackle okay. yep so and it's just trust your instinct yeah and especially with so many pageants now where you are competing at large and you don't have a director I mean, yeah. you just really have to look out for yourself or, you know, and you have a USA title on your back or on your chest. Like, that's hard, too. Yeah. You Absolutely. don't want to let the whole country down. Yeah. But it's not worth it. And speak up. I think speak my, up. my biggest thing yeah. is to speak up. Yeah. Because if we don't know, we'll never know. And like, like a right. CJ said, like, she doesn't want someone else to fall victim to this. So... If something's going on in a pageant, legitimately, don't hold it to yourself because you're ultimately putting someone else in a position to feel the same way you are and you have a chance to change that. Yeah. Speak up and, I mean, just... <sighs> <laughs> there's, I mean, there's so much that goes into this and I don't want to create a whole nother episode, but, like, yeah, definitely speak up about, you know your experience and anything that makes you feel uncomfortable like if any type of photo shoot makes you feel a certain type of way don't do it speak up about it you know like yeah. it's, it's it's really important not to let yourself be taken advantage of because no one's going to look out for you the way that you look out for you so True. always look out for you first I mean like I said there's there's always another crown and I mean, if you want me to order you a crown, I'll order you a crown. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't, don't, don't jeopardize your safety and your well-being, you know, just for the sake of, of one pageant. Find I one. am making a crown and sash. Yeah. You're taking off my birthday. You know, my birthday's coming up. I know. I know. Your birthday is soon. Sagittarius <laughs> season. All right. Well, it's been great talking to you guys and having you guys all listen. I hope we, um, open your perspective some you know and thank you for coming on the episode oh of course. of course i'm so excited to to speak with you on this issue and i hope that you know the things that we said have inspired somebody or touched somebody in some way and you know just to anyone who wants to start a pageant or wants to become a director like definitely go for it but know what you're getting into and really really care about it don't just do it because it's money I mean, if you want to make money, sell flat tummy tea. Do anything else. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's so many ways to make money out there, but. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think they make a lot of money, too. Like, it's not like you're making a million dollars. No, you're not. But, you know, a thousand dollars to somebody is a million dollars, though. I mean, personally, I could use a thousand dollars right now, couldn't you? Yeah, I mean, I could, but to put on a whole show. Uh... Yeah, exactly, exactly. But <laughs> sometimes they don't even get a whole show. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right. I think that's a great place to end it. Awesome. Thank you guys for listening to Pageants and Prosecco. I hope your glasses are empty. And if you went for around two or three or four or finished the bottle, whatever. There's no shame. <laughs> but thank you guys so much for tuning in and subscribe. Season one is coming to an end soon, and I'm so sad. But season two, I have some bigger interviews for you guys and some great episodes. So stay tuned all 2019. Until next time, you guys. Cheers.